0: We're going to go ahead and go up. We're at Proverbs 18. Look at verse 22. Notice what it says. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Now that verse right there, there's a lot of men in this world that would argue with that. They found a wife and they did not find a good thing. They'll tell you, man, I found a wife. I've done everything I can to get rid of her, and in many cases they did get rid of her. So this verse right here, you know, this is inspired; it's the word of God. Uh, but understand what a lot of guys are marrying today that are technically being called their wives, um, you know, are really them marrying monsters in many cases. All right, our culture is not putting out a lot of good women, and if you doubt that, you're living under a rock. All right, and there the truth is. Our culture is falling apart, and what we're preaching about tonight, last week we talked about raising young men, I want to talk about raising young ladies today. If we're going to have some decent wives, if we're going to turn out some of these good things that the Bible talks about, then it's important that we set them up for success, that we raise them in the right way so they can actually do things right, and they can be happy, and they can make a man happy someday. And raising a young lady in a world of feminists, whores, lesbians, it is a very difficult thing and for a lot of reasons. And it's important that we actually have some understanding of what's going on, otherwise we're not going to be able to set our daughters up for success. And so, just a few things uh, that I want to cover tonight. Obviously there's a lot of stuff that we can cover, but I, the, the main areas I want to focus on I think are areas where... Um, Christians often fall short where Christians often mess up. I think when it comes to certain things, you know it's pretty well established in churches we get it down. but there's a few areas where I think sometimes uh, Baptists and Christians we kind of uh, take some things a little too far and we end up messing things up and making it worse when it comes to raising young ladies. And so the first thing I want to point out when it comes to raising young ladies and like I talked about last week, okay your daughter, she might be under 18. But girls are maturing physically at very young ages today. And often what you have in your house, while it may be a teenager, just like I mentioned last week with the boys, it is in fact, biologically, physically, a woman, a, you know, a young lady. Okay, Now that doesn't make her necessarily automatically ready to get married. Just because she is physically capable of bearing children, it doesn't mean she's ready to get married. But the fact that she is physically capable of bearing children says some things about her physically. It's going to say some things about her emotionally, how she's going to work, how she's going to think. And you better understand these things. Otherwise, you're going to have a really tough time with, that, with your daughter. And, you know, when they get to those teenage years, those young, yeah, I'm probably, I'm, I'm less scared for my daughter's, when they're teenagers, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, and i my boys, because with your boys, it's a little easy for them to just kind of go rogue and do what they want. With girls, it's a little harder, I think, in a lot of ways. But here's what I'm terrified it's after they get married. When I have to, when I go to give them away, that scares me to death. Because one, I don't know who I'm going to be giving them to. But boy, I, you know, that's an area where I'm praying, and I pray that a guy worthy of my daughter come on. I don't know where he's going to come from. I don't know if they exist. But, uh, I'm just, you know, that's where you pray. You know, you're praying a lot. But at the same time, you know, if that guy is out there, all right, the type that I would want to marry my daughter, it's important if they're going to get a guy like that, that they're a girl that is worthy of a guy like that. So I've got, to, I've got to help them out. I've got to set them up for this. And the first thing I want to cover tonight, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be politically incorrect here. But I'm not trying to be mean in any way. But I, what I'm about to say, I, do, I mean this with all my heart. And I think sometimes as Christians, we mess this thing up. But something you need to do with your daughter, when it comes to raising your daughter, don't make them look like a freak. Okay? Don't do that to your young lady. Okay? Your daughter is not being sinful by looking nice. And I think some Christians today, they think, you know, the more spiritual a woman is, the more homely she is. You know, the more ugly she is, you know, the more she's just got to dress down. It's okay to have a daughter or to have a wife that is attractive. Okay, Now, there's a difference between beauty and sensuality. You should not let your daughters dress in a sensual way. Your da- your wives should not dress in a sensual way. But there is nothing wrong with them being pretty. That, that's okay. We see in Genesis 29, verse 17, it says, And Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And we know that you know, Jacob favored Rachel over Leah. Now we don't; Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about the personalities and everything, but it's pretty clear that what got Jacob's attention was her beauty. He's like, he's, he sees two girls there, and he's like, you know, I want that one. I, I, want, I want the better-looking one. Right there. That's exactly what he did. And you know, Jacob was a good guy. He was he was somebody who was a godly man, somebody that you would want your daughter to marry. And of course, he went for the good-looking one. Now, listen. Sometimes there's you know there's genetics that are involved. You know, not everyone every girl is equally attractive. But the thing is, most of the ugliness that we see out there today is artificial. There's no doubt about that, you know, and the truth is, you know, your daughters, it is possible as a Christian for them to dress in style and dress modestly at the same time. You don't you do not need to have your wife and your daughters shop at Olson's Mercantile to get their clothes. That's not necessary. That doesn't make you spiritual. All right. Some of you might not know who Olson's Mercantile, but, uh, you know, little house on the prairie. OK, just because they look like they're from the 1800s. Doesn't mean they're spiritual. You, it, you cannot, it, you know, girls care very much about how they look and how they appear. More than guys do when they go out in public. Okay? You know, guys, we don't really care that much. But girls do care. You know, guys, we don't really care if somebody looks at us or bashes our outfit or something like that. But women, that could ruin their week. Okay? <laughs> and so, you know, you know and I've, I've got a huge problem too with these Amish Mennonites that we have all over town where the guys dress like normal, everyday guys, and the women look like full-blown Amish. If you see the guy by themselves, you can't tell they're Amish. You know, they're, It's hard to tell with most of them. But with the women, you can spot them a mile away. That's not fair. You know, If the women have to look like freaks, the guys ought to have to look like freaks too. That, that's the way I see it. Don't make your wife do that. You know, and then you're not willing to stand out and stick out like a sore thumb too. Folks, that's not spiritual. It's okay for you to look like the decade that you are living in. And you, you can do that and be modest. There are clothes that are in the stores today that are skirts, that are dresses, that are in style, that are nice and that are modest. And you've got these people that are always looking like they're 30, 40 years behind the times and they look terrible and they're going to get stared at and that's going to bother your daughters. And then these people always wonder, you know, why is it as soon as my daughter's able to? She wants to get out of the house and then just wants to change everything about her clothing. You know, maybe it's because she felt like a freak her whole life. And the truth is, there is no contest between how the typical in-style Christian girl looks. All right? And when I say in-style, once again, I'm talking... You know, they're still wearing skirts. They're wearing, you know, they're dressed modestly. There is no comparison to how some of the young ladies in this church today and the way they look compared to the freak shows that are out there today. You look at the way the young ladies are dressed in this church today. And I'm telling you, they put the women out there to shame. We see the junk they wear. We see all these women that are out there with their hair just pulled back in a ponytail wearing their pajama pants and sweatshirts. You know, there, There's no contest to what we see in here. There's no woman that is in this church that ought to feel like a freak when they're out with those people. It's pretty scary. But yet, in a world today of slobs, we've got Christian people that have found a way to look worse than them. And that's, that's not spiritual. You, you don't need to do that. Dressing like you're from the 1800s is not modest. You attract attention in a bad way, and that is not good. They're going to feel like a freak. Dressing to look beautiful and dressing to look sensual are two different things. And so you need to go ahead and let your daughters be pretty. Let them be attractive. There's nothing wrong with that. There are ways that women dress and do their makeup and all that kind of stuff that announce availability. Now, I can't explain this to you, okay? My wife might be able to explain this a little better to you, and, and most of the women could probably explain this better, but there is a way to dress, and there's a way that people, uh, women, do their makeup that just screams, I'm available, you know, I'm bad stuff, okay? And we all know it when we see it, don't we, guys? But now, can we explain how to do that? All right. Okay. because no, now there are some guys. They'll see, you know, the typical woman that's just screaming availability with her makeup, for example. There's a lot of guys that would see that and just that they would then decide makeup is now sinful. No, but how they do their makeup is sinful? The problem is I don't know how to articulate what they're doing with their makeup that's sinful. But I know it when I see it. Okay. But yet there's other people that wear makeup and it just it makes them look nicer, makes them look more pleasant. You know if a woman doesn't want to look like she just woke up, you know that's fine. if a woman you know wants to do something to like brighten her face up and make her look a little more cheerful if she's not really cheerful, I guess that's fine. you know I don't recommend the shocked eyebrow look all right i don't I don't know what that's all about you know, I don't know if that's their way of looking awake like yeah, yeah you're awake, you're wide awake you know I, I I don't get that, but at the same time, well you know I can't explain what they're doing wrong, you know. We all, we know it when we see it, don't we, guys? You know, we know it when we see it. And while a woman might be able to explain, well, it's because they're, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what this stuff's called. I don't, know, I don't know how to verbalize it or articulate it. We know, we know what it is. We know it when we see it. And so, you know, the truth is, though, a lot of guys, they'll see these things that are negative, and then they'll just, you know, go and declare it's all bad, you know, no makeup, you know, yeah, and you know, some, some girls might need it. You know, maybe she's got some bad acne or something. You know, and she wants she wants to hide some of that stuff or whatever. There's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, beauty often provides greater opportunities. Now, that's a very politically incorrect thing, but we all know that's true, don't we? Listen, you know, we see in Esther, you know, Esther, the one who made a big difference to help save the lives of many people in Israel. What was it that she was known for? It says in Esther 2 7, and he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when his father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. You know why the king wanted her? Because she was beautiful. That was it. You say, well, that's, you know, that's not right. You know, he shouldn't have been that way. He should have given all women equal opportunity. Well, they didn't have equal opportunity laws back then, and so he he went for the one that was beautiful. All right? And the truth is too, when it comes to you know who a guy dates, you know should he have equal opportunity laws? Well, maybe, but you know what? We don't. And guys are gonna they're gonna pick the one that's better looking off, oftentimes. And most of it can be helped. No one is making you do some of the disgusting things women are doing. Nobody's making you get a Karen haircut. Nobody's making you do stuff. Nobody's making you shave the sides of your head. No one's making you pierce your eyebrow. No one's making you do that stuff. No one's making you dye your hair blue. You know, nobody's making you do that stuff. You choose to do that. And the truth is, feminine promotes ugly. feminism promotes ugliness. And that's just a fact. Feminism promotes ugliness and being general gender neutral. When, what is it that Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5 says? Say, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment for all that do so are an abomination. An abomination is something that makes you sick. It's something that's disgusting. It is an abomination to all of us to see a man in a dress. It's an abomination. And it is an abomination. It is repulsive. It is naturally repulsive for a woman to look like a man and to dress like a man and to act like a man, but yet what is it that feminism is promoting? They're promoting women acting like men, looking like men, dressing like men, doing all the work that men do, and it's feminism that's pushing all this stuff. It's feminism. They're the ones that want to mess with you and, and try to get you doing things in a more gender neutral way, and the truth is that's repulsive that is naturally repulsive if you're going to let your daughter get caught up in that kind of junk just understand she will be repulsive to a normal decent guy and you're going to want your daughter to marry a good guy but you're going to let her dress like a man act like a man be like a man that's going to be repulsive she doesn't have to be repulsive it's like we say somebody's ugly or repulsive. You know, we talk about a Rachel Maddow and we talk about how hideous she is. People think you're terrible. How dare you make fun of her looks? Well, did you see how she looked before she was a feminist, before she was a lesbian? She actually, at one time, was pretty decent looking. But then liberalism, feminism, turned her into a Rachel Maddow. You know, made into, made into a, I mean, just dis, this disgusting thing that she is right now. Folks, her ugliness is artificial, her, her disgustingness is in her personality. It's in who she is. It's in what she stands for. It's in her demeanor. She was not born that way. But yet, look at what she is today. Feminism does that type of thing to people. In Hollywood today, they push two styles with women. And that's sensual and gender neutral. Those are the two things. If the woman is attractive in any way on a Hollywood movie, she's going to be sensual. She's going to be half-dressed. And it's like people think... And then, and then you have women who maybe don't look like these supermodels. And they're like, well, since I can't pull that off, then I'll be in style with the other group that they're showing on TV, which is the gender neutral. Gender neutral. The masculine. The manly. And the truth is... You know, the sensual's wrong, but the gender neutral, that is repulsive. And so the thing is, you, you know, you don't want to be going to the world to get your fashion, get yourself, but that's what's being pushed in the world. But folks, do either of those two groups of women get good guys? No, they don't. The sensual ones, okay, they might have a guy that wants to spend the night with them, but they don't have the guys wanting to marry them. Okay? And then the gender neutral ones, you know, the bull dykes and people like that. Nobody wants them at all. You know, not for a night unless it's in a nightmare. All right. They, they, they don't want they don't they don't want that at all. So the truth is, you know, you don't need to go for either one of those things. You can go for feminine. You can go for pretty and you can go for, you know, the good personality, the good character, all those things, some of these things we're going to be talking about. And women like that, folks, they are in high demand but there is a shortage like you wouldn't believe today if you raise a daughter like that she's not going to have any trouble getting a good guy in fact she's probably going to get a pick of a bunch of good guys because these women are hard to find today and you know i, I think they've probably always been hard to find because that's why says says the Proverbs, he defined it, the wife finds a good thing and obtained the favor of the lord i mean wow that, that guy's being blessed by god he got one of the good ones you know they're they're in short supply. They're hard to get. So you know Christian women, they should strive for, when you know their goal when it comes to their appearance, their looks should be feminine. It should be uh, uh they should dress in a way that advertises purity, and beauty. Those those are the things that they ought to go for. And I don't know how to explain this either. My wife could probably explain this better to you too. There are ways that women dress that advertise purity. I don't know how to explain how that works exactly either, but you know what? It's one of those things we know when we see it, don't we? You you, you know it when you see it. And you know, there's some women, they might not have the natural beauty, but that doesn't mean they can't make an effort. You know, and these women, they're often the ones that usually choose the most revolting hairstyles and the ugliest clothes ever made. That, that, that's what they often do. Okay, but the, here's the thing: no matter what your genetics are, there's some things that all women can do, and that's for one, have a happy countenance. Okay, your genetics should not determine your countenance. Do you realize how? I mean, the count—that's a tough thing to explain too. But do we not all know a good countenance when we see one? We've all seen the woman that you know physically was attractive. But she just had that look on her face, like I wouldn't wouldn't want to be married to that. Okay, well, what is that? That's the countenance, all right. You know, that's something we. That's just it's it's a difficult thing to explain, but we all know it. You you can look at somebody and you can tell they're in a bad mood. You can tell what kind of a lot about them just by the countenance. In Psalms 42:11 says, "Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God; for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance, and my God." So there are there's women out there who might not have that perfect supermodel figure, but or who they might have the supermodel figure, but they look as mean as a snake. And we've seen them, and no one wants a long-term relationship with that woman. Nobody, nobody does, and so the truth is, any woman can have a beautiful countenance. Any woman can have that glowing vibe, that look of joy. She, they can have that happiness. They can be the kind of person that you know a guy would want to be around, and want to talk to, and want to be a friend with. They can all have that if they have the right kind of counsel, countenance. If they are a pleasant person and we get that countenance, the health of our countenance, it comes from God. And if you raise a daughter that has a relationship with God, you're going to have a daughter who's going to have a, counten- a healthy countenance. And a healthy countenance is very attractive for someone who is looking for a long term relationship. Because we want to be around a woman who is happy, one who's got some stability, one who's not just a train wreck emotionally and just all over you know, we want that person that has some happiness. I think every guy wants that. So any woman, no matter what your genetics are, you can have a happy or you can have a healthy countenance. Another thing any woman can do too, you can have that long, beautiful hair. We see in first Corinthians eleven fifteen, it says, But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. Okay? But what is it we see them promoting today with women? Hack it all off. You know, chop it all off. Buzz the size of it. Buzz it. You know, shave the whole thing off. Just do it for breast cancer awareness and it's okay. No, it's not. It's repulsive. And you know who always shaves their head for breast cancer awareness? It's always ugly women that do it. The ones who are ugly before they shave their head. And they're even more ugly after. And you say, well, why do they do that? I'll tell you why they do that. When people are ugly... It, they like doing things like that because it makes them think they're in control of their ugliness. And so now, if you're down on them for being ugly, it's because you're just down on them for their choices. And how dare you be that way? So it, it's, a, it's a way to control is what it is. But the, the reality is, you know, they, they're doing that because they want to feel like they are choosing to be ugly. But the fact is, they had no choice. They just were ugly. As they do repulsive things like that. Folks, I know this is terrible things to say, but these are just facts that people need to hear. And you're not fooling anybody if you do that kind of thing. All right, We all know why you're really doing it. And just don't do it. You're making it worse. You're making it look like you do not value yourself at all. That you have no respect for yourself. And if you have no respect for yourself, why should any man respect you either? Right. And the truth is, Women, when they do repulsive things to themselves, it does. It does. It tells you that they do not even respect themselves. And you got to ask the question, why is that? If you don't even respect yourself, why should I respect you? So, uh, you know, and two, just having long hair doesn't qualify you. I've seen that before, too, where you have these people, they're so spiritual, they'll never let their daughter have a haircut. And they got, you know, hair down to their ankles, but it looks disgusting because they don't take care of it, okay? Long hair, it may be a glory for a woman, but it's also a lot of work, too, okay? Folks, the, the amount of hair that you can find in our house, and in our bathtub in our house with all the females is just insane, all right? I mean, we've got, I mean, you know, but, uh, you know, the, and it's amazing, too. We've got like 50 brushes at our house, but you can never find one. And there's never one in the bathroom, and they're always all over the house. And then two, when you try to comb your hair in it, and it, I mean, I've been there before and I'm like, I fill some my hair and I'm like pulling long hairs out of my hair, you know, because I use the brush, you know, that my wife and daughters all use. And, you know, the, and, you know, that's just life. That's how it is. But, you know, it is. It's work. And don't don't let your daughter do that. Don't let your daughter's hair just turn into some nasty looking rat's nest, you know, and then wonder why. No guy's ever interested in your daughter. You know, maybe he's afraid of lice. And so, you know, you got, sometimes you got to do the work. You've got to do the work. And you're not spiritual because you're, you're, you look ugly. That's not a spiritual thing. That long hair is only a glory if it looks nice. And that's going to require some work. So, you know, the... Um, so another thing we see with Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 10. So you need to dress in a way that advertises purity. It says in Proverbs 7:10, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. She obviously dressed in a way that advertised a lack of purity. We see in 2 Samuel 13 verse 18, and she talking about Tamar, this is after her brother raped her, had a garment of diverse colors upon her, for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins appareled. So we see that after this happened to her, she ended up getting rid of that garment. There was a garment. There was a way the virgins dressed. I don't know what that looked like exactly. I know it had all diverse colors because the Bible tells us. But at the same time, once again, I don't know how it all looks today. I don't understand it, but I know it when I see it. There is a way that women dress that advertises purity, and there is a way that advertises impurity. And your daughter dressing in an impure way, it's going to attract the perverts. It's going to attract the guys who just want to use them for a cheap thrill. It's not going to attract the guys who are looking for a wife. It's not going to attract the godly people. They are looking for purity. So dress in a way that advertises purity. All right? I don't know how to explain it to you. Talk to my wife. She can probably help you out on that. So this is a good gently led sister's topic. Right? You can like, go into the details of the makeup and the clothes. I don't, I don't know how it works. And I probably won't watch that either because I'm not interested. I don't need to watch that. I know it when I see it. All right? When it comes to explaining it, she can do that with the girls. I, I don't know how to do that. But anyway, look at Proverbs 31.10. Another thing too, any woman can do this. Be a hard worker who is a blessing to other people. Bible says in Proverbs 31.10, Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Now, we're not going to go through it right now. We're going to go through it a little later. When you go through the Proverbs 31 woman, she is a very hard worker who is a blessing to other people. We'll, we'll see that. And listen, a woman who has all these things will never struggle getting a husband. Never. I don't care what your genetics are. You will never struggle to get a husband if you do these things. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse uh, 4 says, But let the women be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. One thing that women could wear is that ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. The Bible says that is of great price. No matter what your genetics are, there's nothing stopping you from being this way. There's nothing wrong with stopping you from this. There's no reason you can't do any of these things. Having a healthy countenance, the beautiful hair, long beautiful hair, dressing the way that advertises purity, being a hard worker that's a blessing to others, having the adorning of a meek and quiet spirit. These are all things that God wants, God has commanded women to do. And women who do all these things, don't struggle. they're not going to struggle getting a husband. And now they're not all going to get married at 21 or, you know, sometimes it takes a while for the right guy to come along. But listen, you know, not every woman's going to just get married right at 18. But at the same time, if you're patient, that guy will come. Okay? You're not you're not going to be an old maid and go on forever and just never find a guy. You know, he, he's going to come You're You know, you're going to have to have patience. And that's a, that's a sermon for another day for young people. All right. Patience is important. You will you know, delight yourself, Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. If you're looking for that husband, you're looking for that wife. You will get it, but it sometimes takes a while. I wish I could give you a sermon and say this is how you can get it in the next six months, but I, I don't know that. I, I, I'm not figured out that secret yet. Okay, I, I don't know that there. I don't know there is one. It's just not. Sometimes it's not God's will for people to get married until they're a little older. You know, that's just that's just the way it is. So don't don't feel bad about that. But. Don't let the devil tempt you into thinking this doesn't work and veering off from this. You veer off from this, I guarantee you, it's not going to work out. You're going to end up settling for a loser. You stick with these things. You stick with what the Bible teaches and you're you're going to get him or her. You're going to get him or her eventually. There's no doubt about that. And when that time comes, you will be glad you waited. You'll be glad you did what you did and you will be glad that you didn't settle. I have no doubt about that, in my mind. So, most of the, most of what's taken away from the beauty of women today, it's not about the genetics, but it's about the choices, and that that's that's just the reality of it. Okay, you know, ladies, you want to be beautiful? I recommend you don't do drugs. Okay? nobody wants to marry Miss Meth Mouth. <laughs> you know, no, nobody wants that. You know, don't go drinking. Don't go smoking. Don't go doing these things. These things are going to affect your looks. Well, you should love me for who I am. Well, you're Miss Methmouth, okay? You know, you know you, you're, you're doing all these things that are disgusting. That's who you are. You know, so don't do that stuff. Otherwise, it's going to affect these things in a negative way. So that's enough I said about that. I'll, you know, I, I, I hope I didn't make anybody mad, but you know what? Sometimes you just got to say what needs to be said. And these are just these are unspoken truths that are out there. And I'm saying this today, and this is, this is the kind of stuff I'm teaching my daughters. Because I do. I love them enough that I'm going to tell them the truth. Because I want them to get good husbands. And you know, I think as a pastor, I, you, know, you all deserve me to tell you the truth too. Even if it's something that people aren't going to like, and even if it's something that might make people feel bad or whatever, it, it needs to be said. And these things, these things can be helped. The women who are getting the husbands today and having the happy lives, they're not the women who just got lucky in the gene pool. Okay. You know, it's not them. The women who get lucky in the gene pool, they usually typically go to Hollywood and, you know, go the way of the world and get the fame and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's what they, that's what they end up doing. It's, you know, the women who are, you know, getting the good husbands and living the happy lives, you know, are the ones who are doing these things. So don't, don't let the world, you know, trick you on these things and deceive you, or the devil tempt you in these things. There's no reason that every woman in here cannot do these things we're talking about. So another second thing too, see is do not immerse your daughters or your young ladies in a horrible environment and expect them to come out pure. Okay, look what it says in Genesis chapter 34. We we've got to protect our daughters. Okay, it's dangerous out there. There's a lot of sick. Nasty animals out there that want to get at your daughters. A lot of them. And you've got to be dangerous. We see in Genesis 34, verse 1, it says, And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and he defiled her. Now notice here how Dinah, she went specifically to go see the daughters of the land. Women care very much once again, about what other women are doing, how other women are dressing. They care more about the appearance. They care more about fitting in and being like other people than men do. That's just, that's just the way it is. Okay? And that's why Facebook is often so dangerous for women. They see the fakes out there putting on the false perception and they see that and think, i got to have that. You know, they, they think what, A lot of women struggle with thinking what they see on Facebook is real. A lot of women struggle with that. You know, some guys do too. But, you know, that's another subject. A lot of guys have feminine qualities today. All right. But, you know, some, some women, they see those things and it affects them greatly. Hey, you know, women do. They, they don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. You know, they, they're always wanting to just kind of fit in in some way. And Dinah here, she goes up to see the daughters of the land. Well, the daughters in that land were not very good, moral young ladies. And so what does she do when she gets a guy at that land? She does what all the rest of the women do in that land. You can't expect your daughter to be hanging around a bunch of harlots and then her to act all pure. It's just, it's not going to happen. You know, they, they, they struggle. They want to fit in. They rarely, you know, th- there's exceptions out there, but most women aren't just looking for this opportunity to be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and a Daniel. You know they're not just looking for that opportunity to just stand out. You know they're they're more they're usually just kind of wanting to be in the shadows and kind of trying to hide. And the thing is, if they are surrounded by a bunch of sluts, they're going to act like one too. They're going to want to dress like that. So we've got we've got to watch out for that. You better watch who they're hanging around. You better pay attention to their friends. We see uh, the daughters of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. Look what it says in Genesis chapter nineteen. Now, we know that the daughters of Lot were physically pure. They were physically virgins. And Lot, he cared so much about his daughter's purity. He valued their purity so much. When the perverts were coming to try to rape the angels, what did he do? He tried to give them his daughters. He tried to give them a consolation prize. He tried to offer them virgins because of the fact that sodomites always seek to defile that which is pure. Now, the angels obviously probably showed a purity that was beyond Lot's daughters because they were actually holy angels. So they wanted them the most. Okay? Sodomites and, and reprobates, they always go after that which is pure because they want to defile everything. They want everything as nasty as they are. And so you know, Lot, obviously they wanted those angels, but Lot offered them his daughters that were pure. He didn't offer them himself. You know, he offered him his daughters that a pure thing. Well, maybe they'll take them, knowing that they are just seeking to defile that which is pure. But what do you think that message sent to his daughters about the value of their purity when he was willing to turn them over to a bunch of scumbags, to a bunch of sodomites? But we see it says in verse thirty, it says and Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zoar, and he dwelt in the cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him that we may preserve seed of our father. And they went and they did that. Now, folks, that is just beyond wicked right there. Where where would they even think that's acceptable? Where would they even think that's okay? What would even put a thought like that in their mind? Probably Sodom and Gomorrah. Probably the city that they lived in. Probably the other young ladies that they hung around with or the young women they that they hung around with growing up that's where that kind of thing came from and we see that that horrible environment that they were in you know it didn't help even though they were physically pure mentally they weren't and they went and they created a situation for them to be defiled I mean think about that they are there with their father you would think they were safe but you know what? they weren't safe from themselves because they had already been corrupted up there. And listen, you know, the public school today, they're not valuing your daughter's purity. They're just going to teach her how to be safe about it. You know, how to avoid some diseases. That's what they're going to teach. You know, the public workplace is not going to respect your daughter's purity. You know, the, the guys in the neighborhood, they're not going to respect that kind of thing. They've not been taught that that, that, you know, that virtue that they have is of great value They've not been taught. They're not they're not teaching that in the public school. They're not teaching young ladies there, hey young ladies, if you have your purity, understand, you have a wonderful thing, you have a very valuable thing, you should treasure it and you should only ever give it to someone special enough that you're willing to marry them first. Right. You think they're ever going to tell them something like that in the public school? Teacher ever said that, they get fired. Right. But that's a fact, that's the truth. And you know we need to be teaching them that as parents. And we don't need to be letting them, you know, hear all this junk that's just, I mean, teaching them that they're just basically a thing, you know, that that they're just going to give over to any bum that's out there. And then they can still act like that they have their dignity and they have their value and that they're empowered by that type of thing. That's just a bunch of garbage. Don't do it. Your daughter's purity is of great value and she needs to know it and so she's not going to hear it from them out in the world, you better tell them, Mom and Dad. You better let them know. A virgin is more likely to get a godly man. That's just the reality of it. A virgin is more likely to get a virgin. And they're more likely, a virgin who gets a virgin, is more likely to have a faithful spouse. Now, it's not a guarantee. It's never a guarantee, folks. If your daughter marries a man who is pure, there's no guarantee that either of them are going to stay faithful. If they don't stay close to God, if they don't stay close to each other, if they don't maintain some things and have a good marriage, it could fall apart at any time. Okay? The, the danger never goes away. You know, The danger is the greatest when we let our guard down on that. Okay? The danger never goes away. But boy, doesn't it help if you have a good start? That's going to help a lot. If you have a good start. So, you know, don't, don't start them off on the wrong foot. You know, help them get to that marriage altar pure. Then the third thing, do not expect your daughters to just sit around the house doing nothing. Okay? Now, turn over to Proverbs chapter 30. When I see this a lot, too. You have guys, once again, young guys that don't have any kids or he's got a daughter that's six months years old. You know, he's going to beat his chest. And my daughter, she's never going to be allowed to do this. She, you know, you know, and then, and then they'll, they'll just start proclaiming things as sin. You know, you, know you should never let your daughter have a job. You know, my daughter will never have a job. out My wife will never be allowed to work any type of job. I'm the head of the house. I'm her only boss. The last thing I'm going to do is ever let her have another boss. All right. And they'll start proclaiming these things as great sins. Okay. Well, I think you might be pushing it a little bit right there, but let's, let's look at some things about the Proverbs 31 woman and ask ourselves, you know, if we do need to take it that far, because I'm telling you right now, just having your young lady, okay, your physically mature woman, just sitting around in your house doing nothing is a recipe for disaster. It's bad when women get idle. That is a dangerous thing. We might have time to get into some of that scripture. But look what it says in verse ten. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? Okay, now the feminists are gonna try to make you think if you're if you don't have a career, if you're not working a job, that you're just like a drain on your husband, you know, you have no value to society, wrong. Okay? A virtuous woman has a price that's far above rubies. Yeah, and you know you can do the math on this too. I meant to do this. I forgot to do it. I'll, just that daycare that's on 8th Avenue, I thought about calling that up and asking how much is it per kid in that daycare? And just figure out if I was going to send my kids to daycare, how much a week that's going to cost. You know how many women are going out and they're putting their kids in daycare only so they can go make maybe 50 a $100 a week more than what they're spending to put their kids in the stinking daycare? So, they can just make a little more a week. That is one of the dumbest things you could ever do. That extra $100 a week or a month or whatever, it, you'd be better off without it and have your kids in home being raised by their mother, someone who actually loves them and is going to care for them. You are, daycare, I, I, I don't want to get off on that. Folks, daycare is just a bunch of garbage. It's a bunch of trash. And if you, and your wife, that's what, staying with those kids at home, folks, that is valuable. It's literally... I'm, no, not just spiritually. It's literally valuable. It is of great price. A woman that can actually cook meals, that is of great price. That is of great value. If she knows how to do these things. This is not figurative here when it's saying her price is far above rubies. This is literal. This is just a mathematical fact reality the type of woman we're seeing here her price is far above rubies we, and it, it, you need to let them understand that otherwise they're going to want to be the Hillary Clintons and the Rachel Maddows and the Rosie O'Donnells and people like that folks they might be making a lot of money today but that's because they're getting you know they're being propped up by evil people that are trying to destroy our culture right, right. but look how many millions of women are trying to be those people but how many of them are millionaires like them? They prop a few up to make it look like you can do this. But in reality, it's only going to be the few that are ever where they're at, and the rest of them are just going to be destroying the next generation, trying to make a few extra bucks so they can feel good about themselves. Don't don't fall for that. Verse eleven says the heart of her husband is safely trust in her, so she shall have no need of spoil. He shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She's not going to go file for divorce and ruin the guy financially, taking everything he got. She's not going to do that kind of thing to him. Boy, it's, a, it's pretty sad what women can do to their husband with our court system today. That's another thing I could talk about for a long time. I mean, my wife, if she wanted to today, I've always been faithful to her. I've always taken care of her. I've been a good husband, but if she wanted to, all she'd have to do is say, I'm tired of being married to a hate preacher. You know, he's a... you know. Bigoted, sexist, homophobe, and you know what? She could she could get it all. I'd be paying child support. Most of what I would make, it would all go to her and taking care of the kids, so she could go get a job, doing whatever, and then you'll know, you know, feel good about herself, but ruin me. She could completely ruin me today in our messed up, twisted country that we've got. My wife has every ability. to, to We've got these freak queers out there that are like wanting to, you know, they're creating these websites and things wanting to help people like you to help you get out of this cult. Okay? You know, they, they want to show, they want you to know that you don't have to stay in this cult, that there's a way out, that you can find help. Folks, you don't need those freaks' websites. You've got this stinking court system. Any of you ladies that are going to this church, okay, all you've got to do is just go file for divorce, talk about your husband making you go to a hate church. And, you're going, to, and he's, you're going to get everything. Okay? Maybe I shouldn't reveal this to the ladies, but that's just the... You know, some are thinking, I didn't know that. But folks, that's just the reality. That's our messed up, twisted society. You can have it all. And a poor guy is going to have to spend the rest of his life trying to just pay you the alimony and pay you child support while well, he's got his work his backside off where you could go sit home getting that money, doing nothing, and you can go get some bum to come shack up with you. And then you can take his money and you can go buy drugs and dope and do all kinds of things. And then all you've got to do is shave the sides of your head and go to a feminist rally and tell them your story about your hate, you know, pre, you know, husband that made you go to hate church and you'll be a hero. That's our country that we live in today, folks. It's high time we recognize America stinks. That's all there is to it. This country stinks. And you know what? Thankfully, we've got enough freedom. We don't have to be as pathetic as the rest of our country. We don't have to go along with the stupidity. We don't have to take advantage of a bunch of corrupt laws corrupt, that are just ruining families, that are destroying homes, that are just messing with the minds of people. We don't have to do that kind of stuff, and I'm thankful for that. But that's no thanks to our country. But it's just high time we recognize the ability and the power that women have in this country to destroy the lives of good men. And I've seen it done over and over. Women completely financially ruin good men who are faithful to their wives, who took care of them because we live in a sick, twisted world. They watch too much of the junk on Hollywood. They fell for the garbage on Facebook. They fell for all that stuff. And they just... They... They've messed their kids up. Their kids are emotional wrecks. Their kids are confused out of their mind. Their kids are unhappy. I'm telling you, these women, too, they ought to be taken out and they ought to be horse whipped. They ought, they ought to be taken out like John Wayne. And you ought to take it, one of them metal pants and take it to their backside like he did to Maureen O'Hara. That kind of thing needs to happen like that. But you know what? It's not going to in this country. They're going to keep on getting everything given to them. And I'm sorry, but folks, that, that's this country. Just mark it down, all right? When you want to go and wave your American flag, just remember, that's the country that we live in. And just remember that too. we got a flagpole on that building we're going to buy. And if you think we're going to fly an American flag in front of you, you're crazy because that's the kind of country that we live in. I'm not going to support that. I'm not going to, We're not going to promote that in our church. Our country stinks. And our country is doing everything it can to just put out just some of the nastiest, dirtiest, freak shows in the world today and it's making the Bible look bad, it's making the Bible look wrong when it says, Whoso findeth the wife findeth a good thing. But what we've created in America today is we've created a woman that we call a wife that is capable of just ending that at any time for any reason and just taking everything. They've created monsters is what they've done. I need to get back to Proverbs thirty one. Well, I don't even know where I was. She seeketh, yeah. she seeketh wool, wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. So notice in verse 14. So she bringeth her food from afar. Sounds like she left the house. Okay. She, you know, she riseth. But notice though, it mentions she giveth meat to her household. In the portion to her maiden. She's taking care of her house. See, I don't have a problem with a woman doing something outside the home as long as she's not neglecting the house. Okay? Now, many jobs are going to make you neglect the house. If you can find a way to do something where you are not going to neglect your duties as a wife and mother, you're not sinning, okay? You can't just say it's a sin if your wife is making some money outside the home or doing some kind of work, okay? <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot of jobs, a lot of places they shouldn't work. But you can't just declare it all a sin, okay? There are safe environments. There are safe places that they can go. That Those places are legit. They do exist. And as long as they're not neglecting the more important things at home, you know, maybe you have kids that are growing up, you know, that are, they, that are able to take care of themselves. Maybe even out of the house. You've got some time. You want to do something like that. It's not a sin, okay? Don't just declare stuff like that a sin. You're taking it too far when you do that. So she considereth a field and buyeth it. And with the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. You want to know who does most of the spending in our house? It's my wife. And not because she's just out spending all the money. All right? I'm talking about like the stuff that we need. I don't have time to go shop. It's It's bad when I go grocery shopping. For one, it takes a long time and I spend a lot more money. Folks, I don't know how it I don't know how I went to Taco Bell one time because whenever I if I if we go to a restaurant and I order it costs way more. And so we went to Taco Bell one time. I ordered everything that she would order and she wasn't there. And I paid more than what we would normally do when our whole family goes. And I asked the cashier, I said, how come when my wife orders the same stuff, It's cheaper. And then, you know, but apparently if you do certain meal deals and package things a certain way, you get it cheaper. And the lady, and so the worker, like knew how. she was just ordering it as I said, or punching it as, as I said it. She went and like rearranged it. And then it came out to the i like, okay. I still don't know what I did different, what she did different. I don't know. Okay? When we go to a restaurant, my wife orders. Okay? I'm the man of the house. I'm, gonna do, I'm the man of the house too, but I want to save some money. So I let my wife do that. Because she's better at it than I am. The virtuous woman knows how to do that kind of stuff. And notice what it says. uh, She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold to the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. No, she's taking care of her house too. Doing all these things. She's taking care of her house. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Looks like she wears nice clothes says her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. I like this part too. She's doing all this work and her husband's sitting. <laughs> I'm, I, might, I might be misusing that a little bit, but it sounds good. Right. Um, she maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. It looks like she's doing business with people outside the home. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is a law of kindness. Now, we've got a lot of guys today, they can't handle strong women. There's a lot of guys out there, there's a lot of punks out there that are always running their mouths, you know, thinking women are never allowed to say anything. Women are only supposed to be weak. And mousy and quiet, you know. If that's their personality, great. But you know what? Right here, we see strength and honor are her clothing. What does that mean? That's figurative, okay? Well, you know, the clothing—that's what's on the outside. That's what we see. That's what we notice. So when it's saying that, it's like when you see this woman, you see a woman who has strength. We see—we see a woman who has honor. This is—this is a good person. And so, uh, it mentions. Lost uh, my spot. If she openeth her mouth in wisdom, she's talking to people. She's teaching people. She's helping people. She's saying good things. She's got some wisdom. She has some experience. She knows how to do some things. I think some guys today, they're so insecure. It's like they've got to keep their wives in the house where they can't learn anything. They don't know how to do anything. They're not capable of anything because they feel like if they don't know nothing, aren't able to do anything, then they can never leave them. That's like what they're thinking. You know, and I don't really think that's a a good way to have a healthy relationship You know, I'm thankful that we live in this messed up, weirdo, perverted country. And yet my wife still stays with me. In some ways, you know, that almost makes it easier for a better relationship. I know she's here by choice. She knows she's here by choice. That's I think that's a good thing. You know, there are some countries where there's just no choice. So it's a little easier for the husband to be a jerk and to be an idiot. you know. And the wife, she's feeling like, I have to do these things. And the truth is, I think it makes for a help, healthier, happier relationship when it's a choice all around. And so I'm not saying it's good that they have that choice. Okay, it, It's wrong. What God has joined together, let not man put asunder. But doesn't it say something, the fact that that is the reality of where we're living today, but yet our wives are staying with us? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. So it just shows that we actually have something good that many in the world do not have. So it says, She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he prayseth her. Many daughters are done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, watch this, and beauty is vain. But the woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Now, doesn't that sound like it's contradicting what I said earlier when I was talking about the beauty? It mentions how beauty is vain. Well, what do I have to say about that? Well, first off, remember what the Bible says where it says bodily exercise profiteth little? Now, does that mean that bodily exercise is no good and that it doesn't help? No, it doesn't mean that, but we're supposed to rather exercise ourselves under godliness. Godliness is way more important than bodily exercise and being physically healthy. Being spiritually healthy is much more important than being physically healthy. But is physically, being physically healthy important? Yeah, it is. But we don't want to ever get those things out of order. Spiritual health comes first. Physical health comes after that. So when it's talking to you about you know beauty being vain here, when it's saying all these things, often beauty is the only thing that a guy looks at. But the truth is, all these things we're seeing here are far more important than beauty. Okay? Does that mean beauty is a bad thing? No, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Okay. You know, it's just the icing on the cake, I guess you could say. But listen, if you have a beautiful wife, but she's none of these things in Proverbs thirty-one, you're getting a bad deal. That beauty, you know, it's not going to make the biscuits and gravy taste any better. That beauty isn't going to make things any easier when she dumps your backside and's getting an alimony from you. So do you all see why you know why she mentions this here? Because often beauty is the only thing people are looking at when a guy's trying to find a girl he's just he's just looking for pretty often and that's not a good idea you want to make sure she's got all these other other things going on too but just understand that the pretty helps get you noticed all right and and we don't need to you know just because the bible says bodily exercise profit little doesn't mean we just need to throw out exercise you know don't don't do that and just because beauty is a Vast more or uh, beauty or the character qualities, the virtuous woman. Those character qualities are far more important than beauty. It doesn't mean we just need to throw it out like a feminist. Okay? That's not what that's that's not what that's saying right there. So just understand you've got to get these things in priority, and beauty and and, and guys need to understand that too. I understand looking at the pretty, but you better look for these other things too, because. Even a pretty woman can make you miserable. It was Solomon that said, It's better to dwell in the corner of a house than in the large halls with a brawling woman. And I'm sure out of Solomon's wives, being the king and having 700 of them, I'm sure he was only getting the pretty ones. But even he said about them, man, It's better to dwell in the wilderness than with a brawling woman. Okay? That pretty woman can make you miserable. And so... You better, you, better, you better think about that. You better make sure that, that these other things that the Proverbs 31 talks about are the more important things because they, those character qualities are of far greater value than beauty. The, the virtuous woman whose price is far above rubies had nothing to do with her beauty. So understand that, but this is not, it's, this is not teaching that ugliness is a virtue. So don't don't go crazy with that. You know, I you know I shouldn't as you know as an individual as you know preacher just live my life being completely unhealthy and just not even caring, and then my just life's verse bodily exercise profiteth little. Okay, and you don't need to go shaving the sides of your head, ladies, and piercing your face all up and doing all these things that women are doing today that are just disgusting, and then just saying making your life verse beauty is vain. Okay? you know that. That's not right. That doesn't make sense. And I promise your husband's not going to appreciate that. So don't do that. But there, there's a great shortage of this kind of woman I'm talking about tonight. But there doesn't need to be. There's no need for this. And raising your daughters to be like this, it will bring you and it will bring them a great deal of happiness in their life. And I think that's the goal of every parent. That's, that's the thing for my daughter. Here's why I'm scared about the guy they might marry. Because who she marries is going to determine their happiness. In many ways, and I want my daughters to be happy, and if I want them to get the good guy, they need to have these things that we talked about tonight. Otherwise, they're going to start getting desperate, and they're going to start attracting the losers, and man, I hope hope my daughters never want to settle. I hope they never rebel, but if I can teach them about the value that they have, then folks... That's that's going to help them make better decisions. When the punk comes along, when the loser comes along with no job, you know, that's got a nose ring and all tattooed up and all that kind of stuff. You know, I want my daughter to look at that guy and think, man, I am way too good for him. So that's a pretty arrogant attitude. I don't care. All right, whatever it takes to get my daughter not be that way, I'm going to I'm going to make that happen. There there are guys that my daughters are too good for, and you needed to let your daughters. Know that too. Don't teach him to be humble in that area and just settle for any guy. You need to be humble. I know that guy's a loser. I know he doesn't have a job. I know he doesn't, you know, you know, he looks like he hasn't bathed in a month. You know, but you know what? You know, no, 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 no. Don't let your daughter have that guy. And so I hope you'll follow these things in raising young ladies. So let's pray to your Lord. We thank you so much for these. I, Lord, I pray you'll help everybody take these things in the right way and in the right spirit. And I pray you'll help each one to value. Uh, These precious young girls that they have and help us to as parents, as fathers especially, to pass on and uh, let them know how valuable they are. And I pray you'll help us to set them up for success and you'll bring the right men along in their lives someday so they can go on and be uh, happy uh, women and happy wives and happy mothers. And I pray you'll bless everyone for it. In your name we pray. Amen.